from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 451, SharePoint 2016 with guest Todd Clint. Recorded Friday, November 27th, 2015. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. And welcome to the shiny new site, and I have a new guest. Todd Clint has been fiddling with SharePoint for almost longer than he can remember. He must be getting old. Uh, he <laughs> cut his teeth on SharePoint Team Services 2001. Oh, dude. Man. Long-suffering. Yeah, and he never looked back. He's been awarded the MVP Award in SharePoint for the last 10 years, and his main area of fascination has been the IT or administrative side, and he loves installing SharePoint. Are you crazy? <laughs> Configuring SharePoint, even rescuing SharePoint farms. Aren't all SharePoint farms sad? They need a rescue. Oh, man. It is, you know, there's only a few products that Microsoft has made in its history that are so resistant to installation. <laughs> it's not just SharePoint. I mean, you know, uh, Team Foundation Server, terrible product to install in the early days. It's, you know, this is why the cloud was invented. Now that you can simply point at Office 365 and say, give me a SharePoint farm, please. And it does all that plumbing for you. <laughs> Welcome, sir. I, well, since you've been calling my baby ugly for the last, uh, you know, <laughs> couple of minutes. I've- I'm, I have to tell you this. It's not me. <laughs> it's, and, it is but- one of those viral products, right? I mean, it, what's so interesting about SharePoint is, how much it affects an organization. But from an admin perspective, it is such a challenging product. It is. And um, I so I'm a computer nerd and I have been, uh, you know, a nerd since before I can, you know, remember. And um, I wonder sometimes how normal people deal with stuff like this. <laughs> like, like I mean, SharePoint in, in the context of this, but like smartphones and DVRs oh, yeah. and TVs. Well, how many times have you seen a message that says, contact your administrator for more help? And you're like, I am the administrator <laughs> and I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, daily. <laughs> but I'm not very smart. So that, uh, I mean, that comes up a lot. But I certainly feel that way about how do regular mortal people make their way through some of this stuff. Yeah, and I, I imagine it's how uh, I feel when I talk to uh, anybody who has actual skill, like mechanics mm. or plumbers or electricians or whatever. I just come in here with this doe-eyed look of ignorance on my face, <laughs> and I'm like, the toilet won't flush. I don't know why. You know, sir, the valve shut off. That's why the toilet yeah. won't flush. Need water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My TV won't turn on. We'll look behind it, see if it's plugged in. I can't. The power's out. I mean, uh, it, it, it must be that amount of frustration in everyday life for non-technical people. Uh, well, and and again, SharePoint's another one of those products where because the regular users use it so much and depend on it so much, like they just don't understand when things get hard. Yeah. Yep. And I'm I'm lucky because I've got to see it. You know, again, for, yeah, for 15 years, man, yeah. that is a long time. <laughs> a long time. Um, but I do like, I speak at a lot of conferences and I get these new people like, Hey, I'm the new SharePoint guy. What should I know? 
and I just feel like saying, well, you should know you're screwed. Because this thing, <laughs> you know, I've had to learn little bits of it. Every three years, I have to learn just a little bit. And then, yeah. you know, I get comfortable with that. But these new folks coming in. Um, <laughs> well, I also wonder if, and we've been talking about this a lot on the dev side too. Sometimes these scars we've got, all this experience we've got, it almost holds us back. You know, they don't know enough to know to be afraid. And in some ways, they, so they just sort of blow past stuff. It's like, you know, there's dragons over there, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. They're not smart enough to be afraid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And the other thing that I found that it does is it, uh, you know, experience is good, but it also traps us into doing things the old way. And so I have learned things from new folks because they're not encumbered by all that pain and misery of, you know, SharePoint 2003. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. You never knew and you're better off not knowing. Yeah. I've, I still wake up some nights weeping about things that have happened. Nah, yeah. You wake up in a cold sweat. Yeah. Um, so 2016 is, is almost upon us. Right? These yes. are the last shows of 2015. We've got a new version of SharePoint coming, but is it kind of over for on-prem? Isn't this everything in the cloud now? It's 365 or nothing? You know, that's, that, that's a funny, uh, a funny thing because had you asked me that question two years ago, I would have said, yeah, I'm screwed. Interesting. Uh, um, I have to go find new work. I have to, you know, perfect my fry making skills, things like that. <laughs> Let me practice. I, Let me practice. Would you like fries just, with that? They're not crispy enough. Damn it. My family's going to starve. Um, because it felt like Microsoft's message, uh, and you're immersed in the Microsoft world. So tell me if you feel the same way. Microsoft's message two years ago was everything will be to the, to the cloud and on prem will burn and we will, we will, uh, plow salt into the ground. <laughs> The push was hard. <laughs> and the funny part is the product wasn't that good then either. So oh, yeah, it's really interesting now when the product is quite good, but the on-prem story seems more coherent. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So there was a SharePoint conference like two years ago. I mm -hmm. think it was 2014. And I remember a whole bunch of us in the SharePoint community were wringing our hands and terrified that the keynote was going to be uh, Jeff Teeper or somebody come up and saying, you're all fired. We're taking all of your jobs away. Everything's going to the cloud. I mean, we were really worried about that. We were really worried they were going to kill SharePoint. And of course they didn't, no. but that's how the, the environment felt then. Today, I feel less so. I feel like in the last year and a half or so, Microsoft has realized that they can't, they can't pull that off. Well, I, I got to wonder if it's, there's just a handful of big customers, you know, in the Fortune 10. The really, you know, they sort of came and said, now listen, kid, I know you like your little cloud over there. <laughs> We're going to be staying right over here. Yeah, we're, we're not going to be moving. Would you here. like our business? Yeah. Do you like those checks we send you every yeah. three years? I mean, are you um, telling me I need to migrate to Sitecore? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Um, so I feel, I feel now that on-prem has some new life uh, breathed into it. And I think uh, with SharePoint 2013, starting with Service Pack 1 mm -hmm. uh, a year or so ago, and include and, and uh Going on with, with 2016, they're adding a lot of hybrid bits. They're, they're making it easier to stay on-prem because they're making it able for you to, to pick and choose the pieces of Office 365 you want and continue to have it on-prem. So what does hybrid SharePoint mean? Because that seems odd to me. The, either the documents are in the cloud or they're on-premise. They're either indexed in the cloud or they're on-premise. Like, is there any granularity? Aren't you just up there or down here? Well, in, in, in finite pieces, yes, but in overall, no. So, hmm. so one of the greatest examples and one of the coolest hybrid things that I think they've done, uh, recently is this hybrid search thing or what they're calling the cloud search service application. So you have, uh, scads of, of SharePoint servers on prem. 
right. in your data center or, you know, hosted someplace like Rackspace or whatever that have on-prem bits like you've always had. Mm-hmm. And then you've got an Office 365 tenant and search runs on-prem, but pumps all the index stuff into Office 365. Interesting. And then when you do queries, even on-prem, it's actually being done in Office 365 and the re- results are being piped back. And it's including results from on-prem and Office 365. So... All your content can be on-prem, but the search bits can be in the cloud. And the, the benefit of that, uh, uh, you know, besides just the fact that it's got this Rube Goldberg love of it, you know, the marble rolling down and the spring. And <laughs> when search used to work just fine with everything was in, in one place, now it's got to go to the cloud. But the great thing is that lets you leverage all those great cloud tools like Delve right. that are powered by search. Yeah, with well, your I, on-prem content. I figured Delve was, was going to be the thing. Like, you want Delve, you got to go to Office 365. I uh, thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the thing that they they hung their hat on. Yeah. But again, I think it must be those Fortune 10 folks that said, listen. I'm not doing this. I'm well, I mean, I, and I do a lot of work in the financial services space. It's like, look, these documents cannot leave this country. And this country is Luxembourg. And you don't <laughs> have a data center here. <laughs> this country's Andorra. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and it's just like there's only so many choices, right? So, yeah. But I, so I, I kind of dig that idea that the documents are staying on-prem and the indexing's up in the cloud. What's interesting then is that you could be running Exchange online. You know, you, yes. could, you could have your mail up, but your docs are down, right? And this is an initiative I've certainly worked on on the exchange side where no more attached documents. It is only links to SharePoint files. And so we can move our email into the cloud because there is no sensitive data in it any more than just this is the file you want to look at. And to do this hybrid mode where you could be using the cloud to index the email and then also have all the index information coming up for those documents. Okay, that sounds interesting to me. Yeah, and it opens up all kinds of great possibilities because we can do the thing, the thing that you just exactly uh, suggested, you know, parts can be and parts can't be, but now we can work them together and it's the same username and password and, you know, roughly the same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that it gives us is as a, as a SharePoint guy and as a web guy for the last however many years, one of the constant problems that comes up is companies that have all on-prem SharePoint yep. wanting to share little itty bitty slices with people that are outside the company. Right. And so it's the whole, do we burrow into the firewall? We got to get the network guys involved and the lawyers involved. And well, no, we're going to set up two and employees have two different usernames and passwords and that never works. Please kill me, right? Oh no, did you say federated active directory? I think you actually said that out loud. Sure you did. (laughs) So that's the thing. I mean, there were all these horrible solutions to this problem that weren't really solutions to the problem. Yeah. But now if we get this hybrid SharePoint thing set up, you know, we're going to, we're going to do the identity thing, which is way simpler than, than ADFS these days. And we're going to say, okay, you know, every, Everything looks the same, but this little pocket, this is accessible externally. Mm-hmm. And the username that those guys use just can't exist internally. There's no way they can leverage it to get inside. Yeah, and you, yeah, and you don't want that, right? I mean, Federation worked so rarely. It was such a big <laughs> commitment. Yeah. You know, let's face it. IT people are afraid of commitment. Right. And, and so that was one of the things. So we've been able to do ADFS style things with mm-hmm. SharePoint for, for years for now, but nobody ever did. No, it's and just too hard. Did, it didn't work very well. No, yeah. yeah. It's, it's brutal. And so the, I really like this idea that the island of sharing is in the cloud. Yeah. And, and when Microsoft gave birth to Azure AD Connect, you know, a year or so ago, mm-hmm. that really, really was when the light shone right. and the, the angels sang and we went, wow, we can do this. So at least our internal users don't have a second login. We may have right. to do something different for the externals, but the internals, they're not being beaten up for it. 
Right. And unlike ADFS, if your, your DirSync server or your Connect server now, mm-hmm. if it just explodes, you know, Wiley Coyote style smoke <laughs> in your face and all that, if that happens the way ADFS servers do, like, you know, every second Tuesday. Oh, every so often you go into the closet and there's an anvil sticking out of the server. Like, okay. <laughs> right. So when that happens with ADFS, nobody can get anywhere ever. Right. Just everybody. With the DirSync server, everything keeps working. You know, passwords might be stale or whatever. Right. Right. But. So, you so have, that you have was, a window, right? It's, isn't it something like 30 days you have to sync again before it'll start shutting everything down? Uh, so I've never had it shut down. Oh, but really? I think, okay. Uh, there's a, a limit like three weeks or something where it starts yelling at you and says, I haven't synced in, in a certain in a long of time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is was, fair. Which was great. I did a session at Ignite in May on Mm. all this, and I had broken my client and didn't realize it. And that three-week threshold apparently happened between the last time I practiced my session and before (laughs) I got the stage. (laughs) So I get get into the admin console, and I'm like, here's how you sync everything. One guy's like, it says there that yours hasn't worked in like three weeks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) ignore that. I don't know where they come up with this stuff. This is (laughs) Ignore the man behind the curtain. Everything's fine. It's all fine. Exactly. Um, but even, but even then everything still worked. My, yeah. you know, my sync and what I'd done is I had, I had power shelled myself uh, to death and I had changed the password of my sync account right. accidentally. Well, um, and, it, and that's the main thing you want is you want a warning and you want it to serve the old data for now. So that you right. at least have time to fix it, but nobody's waiting for you while you fix it. Yeah. The, they're screaming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, so, so yeah, not being reliant, reliant on ADFS was a huge piece. Sure. The users like my mom, who doesn't care about any of this gobbledygook, <laughs> she just wants to, you know, have her grandkids be her password and that be it. Yep. Um, she can, she can do that and everything still works. Yeah. And, and, but then you bring up sort of opaquely a fairly important point, which is you don't want to have to enforce your security policy on externals. Right. Right. You just want to limit their access so that if they do have a bad security practices, they're not, you're not giving away the keys in the process. Yeah. So, and, and the identity thing is funny. Back probably 10 years ago now, I was with a company that had the same requirement. And so we, we sat with our security guys. And what we ended up doing was setting up a second domain, a trusted domain that had all the external folks <laughs> in it and all the hell that goes with, you know, backing up AD oh, and all man. that. Then months later, we figured out that there were people inside the organization who didn't know who to give permissions to, and they were giving permissions to everybody. Oh, man. Th- thinking that was the, the entire company, which it was, <laughs> but it was also every single contractor <laughs> and every single person in that oh. second domain. Um, and when I, that was one of those deals where when I saw that, I had like my, my coworker, I'm like, tell me I'm misunderstanding this. Yeah. Tell me we're not exposed. This is not actually what we're doing. So I'm still hung over or something and I'm misunderstanding <laughs> this. Um, but those were the kind of things we had to fight with. And now it's not, we don't have to do those things anymore. It's, it's easier to collaborate. It's easy to get that stuff out and, and make it secure. The, um, the other thing I find interesting and maybe it's a little off topic is the dev model for the Office 365 version of SharePoint. I mean, it's just, it feels like, you know, every time we've done a show about migrating to SharePoint to the cloud, it's like 80% of these are just going to go. Of the 20%, 80% of those, you're going to have to make a few changes and they're going to go. What's left is really going to be a problem. And it's folks that got deeply committed to these um, web components and customizations yeah. and so forth that those models are just completely different in the cloud. Yeah. And so part of that, so as, as an IT pro, the developer has been my sworn enemy for 20 years now. <laughs> I mean, that, that is just every time I set up a rock solid server or web server or something, those guys come in with their code and yep. just destroy it and make me look like a punk. Yeah, it's it. been, go, been going on for decades. So part of me feels a little bit of schadenfreude when I see that because I'm like, ah, that'll teach you. Um, but 
with this hybrid model, now we've got this option. So we can say we've got this fairly complicated farm uh, trust code that, that has to run on-prem that can't run in the cloud. Yes. But then we've got these cloudy things we want to do. Well, that's awesome. We can do them both. We can we can make that work. Yeah, and yeah. that was another reason why the whole everything to the cloud wasn't going to work. Yeah, I, I think some stuff just wasn't going to move easily. Uh, I think it's really interesting to see how the office team in general is committing to JavaScript uh, for better or worse, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the way they're going on this thing. Yeah. I mean, so five years ago, as, and I'm sure you're the, the computer expert in your family, every meal, mm-hmm. you know, every, every July 1st, when all your family gets together for Canada day, they're all, they make nice for a while. And then the, the, the computer questions start coming well, in pretty much as you come in the door, yeah. right? I <laughs> do so, that first. If you're going to, before you eat, <laughs> come fix my printer. But back then, the advice always was, well, you know, this happened, this happened. And you're like, well, dummy, go in and, and disable just JavaScript on your browser. Right. All this bad stuff's coming in with JavaScript. And that was that was one of the the, the, the great yeah, These days, the do. internet doesn't work if the JavaScript's turned exactly. off. Exactly. It's over. And then everybody said, hey, we could do a lot with this JavaScript. So now we got to be careful with that. Yeah, but yeah, you, I remember forever, that was my advice. People yeah, but now it's that. an essential resource. Yeah. Uh, Todd, give me one second to pay the bills because Run As Radio is brought to you by ScriptRock, the fighters of configuration drift. Configuration drift happens in every environment from five nodes to 5,000. ScriptRock will find and scan the configs of every node in your environment, no matter the platform, and alert you to changes happening across machines. And now with the latest update, ScriptRock offers vulnerability scanning on all your nodes at no extra cost. Give it a try for three months free with the coupon code RUNASRADIO, all one word, at scriptrock.com slash RUNASRADIO. All right. So there still is this migration process. Has this really evolved in 2016? If I do want to take these things to the cloud, is it, is it different in some way? Yeah. And, and not only is the process different, but, but the mindset is different now. Hmm. So I've been doing, you know, SharePoint upgrades since, you know, forever and, and, and do this talk a lot of conferences. So I have a lot of conversations with, with actual users and migrating anything is terrible. Migrating SharePoint is super terrible in that for the last couple of versions, you can't do an in-place upgrade. And hmm. I don't know how the other you know products are, but you have to build up a completely different SharePoint farm on completely different hardware and then move your data over and move some of your config pieces over. And, and it's, it's pretty painful. But don't, and, this is normally, these are just all virtual machines anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've all, just stopped upgrading things now. I build new VMs. I transfer workloads. I shoot the cattle, right? Like they, yep. that's what you should be doing. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's, and that's what people do. But the other thing is, and I don't know what your workloads are like, but now I've got customers who have terabytes of data. That yeah. Yeah. Back. And so when you say transfer the workload, <laughs> yeah. please stand by. Yes. Um, and so that's because, and people have been using, you know, SharePoint really hit in like 2007. Yeah. So people yeah. have been using it for almost a decade now and nobody deletes anything. Mm-hmm. I don't delete mm-hmm. anything. Well, that was the whole point, right? Yeah. This was yeah. the archive of forever. This is our institutional knowledge. Sure. So, so that, you know, that workload has got bigger and bigger so with with migrating so people so there's kind of two forks to this one is if people are on-prem and they want to migrate to office 365 what are their options Mm -hmm. and the other thing is if they want a hybrid how does that work with migration so migrating to office 365 two or three years ago was just horrible it was just hysterical (laughs) i mean it was it was one step away from individually dragging documents between web browsers (laughs) i mean it was it was was like you know college intern type stuff that you it was almost that bad okay who drew the short straw guess what (laughs) you're doing for the rest of the week exactly exactly It, it was almost that bad 
but now now they've got some great things. So one of the things that they recently announced was this fast lane stuff, hmm. where if you've got an so so the problem is you know on the on the on prem side or on the client side you got to get all the things that you want to migrate, and then you got to got to upload all the things, and all the things got to get put into place. So one of the things that they've done now is this new migration strategy where you can package everything up on-prem. So you can say, move this web or move this site collection. And it'll pack it up in one tightly, highly compressed little ball and shoot it over to Azure Files as fast as it can. Okay. Lickety split. And then once it's in Azure Files, then on that end, then they unzip it and shoot it into SharePoint Online. They've got this fast lane between the two. Um, so it makes these these big batches, these big bursts of upgrade um, work a little better. And of course, they've, they've opened that up to ISV. So there's companies like ShareGate and Metalogix and all that, that, that have this capability built into their tools. Right. It'll help you do it really. Yeah. But the other thing I've been talking to folks about is we're, we're at this spot now where, so I did a talk three or four months ago about upgrading and people are like, why would I upgrade to SharePoint 2013? Mm-hmm. SharePoint 2016 is almost out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I have to have this talk with them. Well, you know, it's not going to be out until second quarter of next year. So right. I assume that means midnight. June 30th. <laughs> I assume that's what that means. Or there's going to be a little email. It's like, ah, sometime in July. Exactly. And then when it comes out, you're not going to install it the first day. No. You know, you're going to put it in a lab and you're going to test it. Yeah. So it's going to be over a year before realistically you touch. Your it's owning of- workloads. Yeah. Right, right. But. But with this hybrid thing, what I've been telling folks is if you're sitting on SharePoint 2010 or SharePoint 2013 today, when you move things out to Office 365, you don't have to upgrade them. Mm-hmm. Ever. Just leave them. Again. <laughs> they're just, they're just, well, this is one of the things they're thinking is they're just VMs, right? Yeah. We, we uh, earlier in the, in the month, we were talking about using site recovery. Site recovery will back up VMs into the cloud for you. Well, you can then stand, once those things are synced, you can stand them up in Azure VMs. Yeah. So you could, you could use it, set it up as a backup strategy, get all those SharePoint VMs syncing into Azure and then flip over to it. Yeah, well, in this case, it's not even the VMs; it's just the data. Right. So, so if I've got this, you know, we'll call it a twenty gig cycle. Okay. I just got a bunch of documents and stuff, and I shoot it up to Office three sixty five today, mm-hmm. and then in a year when we upgrade Office or to SharePoint twenty sixteen, that twenty gig site collection that I moved up, I don't have to upgrade. Right. It's already there. Yeah, and and so now I, you know, I've got my twenty thirteen farm that's wired into my tenant. Now I just wire my twenty sixteen farm into that same tenant. And it's just all there. And Microsoft's doing their, you know, build the build versions in the background. They're taking care of all that. I mean, and, I mean, I think that's a better way to go, but maybe we should talk through this whole, why should I run, you know, the SharePoint SaaS offering versus my VMs of SharePoint in the cloud? Yeah. yeah um, so, I, so uh, you know, and I, I have it in my bio and all that, but I work for Rackspace, so mm-hmm. I obviously have a, a bias on on hosting and all that. We host. And, and just for the record, like I have nothing bad to say about Rackspace. <laughs> if you're not, if the you know public cloud is not the option, I think they're the first choice. Well, I, I thank you, and I did not pay uh, <laughs> to say that. You guys <laughs> are. Just, I think you guys earned it for the good reputation and some great product. Yeah, that's uh, that's just from from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate that. Yeah, um. And, and so we offer basically IaaS infrastructure as a service mm-hmm. that, that has SharePoint installed on it. And so that's, like I said, there's, there's kind of this contrast between do you do that or you do, do you do just strict SharePoint as a service kind of thing in mm-hmm. Office 365? And it comes down to things like we talked about earlier, custom code. If you've yep. got this fancy stuff, you got to do it that way. Uh, you just have more control. There are some features that exist one place and don't exist in the other. Yes. Um, yeah, they the are other not, th- and they're not some, they're not a symmetrical subset. Superset kind of thing. 
Right? Yeah. There's stuff in the cloud. There's clearly stuff from on-prem that doesn't exist in the cloud. There's stuff in the cloud that doesn't exist on-prem. Yeah. And so when now we are thinking about moving that, that farm out to Azure, Azure VMs, there's a cost to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't buy a lot of Azure VMs because I work for a hosting company. So I sure. basically have... But from what I've looked, Azure VMs are not what you, what you would call cheap or inexpensive. Yeah, relatively uh, speaking. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot for it. Maybe they're not, they're not gouging you, but it's, it's tough to swallow that first thing when you're thinking about that. So I think most folks that I've talked to, of course, I'm talking to Rackspace customers. So what are they going to tell me? Sure. Um, but they're, if they're looking at going that way, they're looking at going to Office 365. Well, I think it's also, it's a migration strategy. We've certainly been doing this with websites where we've picked up a VM of uh, an IIS instance with 30 websites on it, tossed it up into Azure, and then peeled off those websites one at a time as sat- separate Azure websites, the SaaS offering, and so yeah. you can turn that VM off. Yep. And so, that yeah, that might they might use the same strategy for SharePoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think it's an interesting idea, except that it, cl- it sure feels like with these hybrid options and so forth, if you can get your on-prem system upgraded enough, it's just not that big a deal to migrate just the data into the SaaS farm. Yeah. And one of the things that, that Microsoft has done, and, and it needs a little bit of refinement, but inside of SharePoint, you can basically have favorites. They're called sites, but mm-hmm. you can have favorites because, you know, we, again, we've got a decade's worth of stuff in SharePoint, so it's tough to find things. Yeah. Um, and they've got that. If you've got the hybrid stuff lit up, you can have that stored in the cloud and it can be on-prem or Office 365 sure. SharePoint sites. So it makes it easy to just have this this combination of both because you just, whenever you get to one you like, you tag it and then you go to that one spot. And it doesn't matter where it's at. Well, and, the, and the, the debate I always have here is, is hybrid temporary or permanent? You know, are you, are you, is hybrid just a road to the cloud or will we actually <laughs> keep running this? Well, I think Microsoft would like it to be the former. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like the monthly checks better than the, the every three year checks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for some people, it'll be both. And I, and I talk about that when I do migration talks too. I mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, you can use hybrid because you want to be in hybrid or you can use hybrid because you've got, you know, terabytes and terabytes of SharePoint. You just can't move it all at once. Yeah. So or bits in, and pieces or ever. Like there's just no <laughs> reason to move it up there. Yeah. You know, I think that's an, it's an interesting angle on it. How much. I mean, the SharePoint, I, you said this already. SharePoint people have had a tough couple of years. Yeah. And I, and I hear over and over again, you know, when you finally get peel away the onion, there's this secret fear that the cloud's going to put us out of business, us being the IT people. Yeah. You, what do you say to that? So, so two years ago, I absolutely felt that. And and I remember having discussions because as an MVP, I talked to a lot of people at Microsoft, sure. and I remember having those discussions. And I'm like, dude, how how can this not feel hostile to me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, I do all these talks on installation and upgrade, and people aren't going to install or upgrade anymore. Right. You know, well, now you still of- do it. It's just a couple of clicks on a console. Right. It's you know, uh, and they they were like, nah, no, nah, you know, the IT pro job's going to change. Now you're going to talk to users and help them upload Word documents. And I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. <laughs> I, I I can't wait. No boy. Um, <laughs> but but once this hybrid thing started coming out, that's kind of been the new fun uh, frontier. And specifically, one of the pieces that I uh, have fallen in love with is the identity piece, the the Azure AD piece, mm-hmm. the the DuraSync and ADFS piece that really makes all that hybrid stuff work. And so I think you know. Five years ago, if some bright-eyed uh, SharePoint admin would have said, you know, Todd, what should I learn? I'd have said, you know, DNS and SQL and IIS and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what, well, that will make you a, a indispensable SharePoint admin. Now, now identity's that. 
Yeah. Identity is that piece. Um, and I think we're kind of on the, the, the dying days of that being optional. I think moving forward, you know, it's like PowerShell. You can't be a SharePoint admin unless you can kick butt at PowerShell. Yeah, it's a, soon, it's a core skill now. Yeah, yeah. And soon identity is going to be that piece. And so I've been doing a lot the last six, eight months with identity and just figuring out how to make that work. Because if that doesn't work, nothing else works. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the cornerstone piece. And, and we've been able to ignore AD for a long time, which is not right. to say that it's been running beautifully the whole time. It's just <laughs> that it fails so gracefully over a long, that's so many crufty AD. Oh, so that's that's one of the things uh, I've been doing is is getting people set up to sync into Azure AD. Right. And the Office 365 tools have this thing, you know, ID fix that goes out and finds all these things. And I don't know how many, you know, I, I tested in my labs, of course, and everything went swimmingly, sure. and I got very confident and brave. And then I would go to a customer, and they would say, no, everything's working great. And we would run this tool, and they would find out about, you know, domain controllers that are still listed that they they shut off seven years ago oh. and never pulled out of AD. And Oh, yeah. No, I have a DHCP server in my, in my low my home network infrastructure that hasn't existed in years. I just can't get the darn thing off the list. So I did one worse. Oh my God, this is, this is horrible. So at home, much like um, most Americans, I assume I've got a windows domain at home. Like, like we, like we all do. We all do. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, Um, just you and me, man. (laughs) So I've got one physical box and one virtual box Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody does. And my physical box was some cheap little Asus thing that was like $99 four years ago. Um, And then the power went off here a couple of months ago. And as I'm bringing everything back up, I power everything back up. And now I can't log in. The entire domain is down. Right. And by that, I mean me. Um, I can't log in. And what I didn't realize at the time was that physical box had crashed like six months ago. <laughs> exactly. And I just didn't know it because everything kept working. You know, yeah. it's it, it, AD failed so gracefully. So when I plugged that six-month-old copy of AD in with my current copy of AD, AD said, oh, heck no. It oh, threw yeah. up its hands. Um, but th- so I spent weeks trying to get that completely exercised. Yeah, but those up. are the kind of things that I'm discovering now as I'm helping customers get their IDs into the cloud is now we have to pay for all those sins. <laughs> Everybody's active directory is grubby. That's just yeah. the truth, right? We all have cruft in there. We've just been able to ignore it this long. And now as you're doing something really new with it in the Azure AD space, you just have to clean it up. Yeah. And so we've, uh, we've been doing a lot with that. I've, I've learned a lot about AD in the mm-hmm. past six, eight months, you know, nine months ago, if you'd asked me, how much do you know about AD, Todd? I just said, Oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you asked me now, I would say almost nothing. Yeah. The more <laughs> I know, the more I realize I don't know a thing. <laughs> the old, the old Dunning Kruger thing. Yep. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's always like that. But, but that's been, that's been fun. And so, you know, as I, as I hear IT pros whine about the cloud, you know, I can commiserate a little bit, but but then part of me is like, hey, have you have you heard about this Azure AD thing? Uh, it's got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, and and it just is a it's a bridge to really the IT role in the modern Azure infrastructure. Is, right, starts with identity. And yeah, so and there's going to be all there. these little pieces that, that you know, like you were talking about your Exchange bit mm-hmm. and and or your ASR bit. You talked about that. You know, all these little pieces. Once you get Azure AD set up, they just become so smooth and so easy. Yeah. To get, uh, to well, get in there. And I think, you know, it's too easy to fall into the trap of focusing on the VMs. Yeah. Right. It's just about, it's just a place to host my VMs. It's like, well, if you're really going to take advantage of this, you've got to start thinking about these different services and it starts with identity. 
Yeah. Yeah. Azure. So um, I was talking to somebody a year ago at Microsoft about Office 365, but this applies to Azure as well. Sure. Uh, you know, three years ago, if somebody said, why should I host a Rackspace instead of going with Office 365? I'd laugh and laugh and then I'd catch my breath and laugh some more. And then I'd go through like the top 10 things that Office 365 didn't do that, that on-prem SharePoint did. And I'd laugh some more and they'd go to on-prem. But Microsoft had been improving those products so quickly yeah. and so well that that list has just gotten shorter and <laughs> and, and Azure's the same way. Yeah, five years ago, Azure was VMs, and that's all it was. Yeah. Now it's identity and it's security and it's uh, so. Yeah, if you think you know Azure, if you haven't looked into Azure in the last two or three months, you should probably go out and look at it again because yeah. there's they add new stuff all the time. Constantly in motion. Todd, super fun to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, good, good getting caught up. And any place I can uh, point people to, uh, where to find more about you, what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, so I've got a, a website at toddclint.com, and that's got uh, my blog posts and stuff like that. I do a much less cool podcast than this one on my own. I do it once a week, and I, I record it live Monday nights at 8.30 Central, but nice. uh, all the recordings are out there on YouTube and all that. So you can go to toddclint.com slash netcast and, uh, and see that. And that's about SharePoint and Windows stuff and just cool Microsoft things. Um, I'm on Twitter at Todd Clint. Mostly because I have no imagination. I can't think of any other handle anywhere on the internet. <laughs> it's a brand, Todd man. You're a brand. <laughs> yes. I feel bad for any other Todd Clints that are out there because they can't ever sign up for anything. <laughs> You've got it all. I've got them all. Um, <laughs> and, and so that, that's also funny because whenever a new service comes out, I grab Todd. Right away. Right? Yeah. Just... And so now I've got accounts like in Snapchat and Instagram and everybody's like, what do you do in Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> Honest, nothing. <laughs> That's it. I'm just, sticking to it. Just staking some ground, just in case. Yep. So you can hit me up in all those places. Fantastic. So. Todd Clint, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Rich. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. 